everyone, it's your host Megan and your co-host McKenna. And welcome back to Mickey Ears and Butterbeer. We are back on another week's episode where McKinley is joining me as well as Kyle. He had a blast the last episode that we aired, so he's back for more. Oh yeah, another rankings episode. So before we jump into that, well, I think we should talk about all things Disney that we did since our last podcast episode. We actually, first we went and seen the traveling Broadway play of Aladdin, which was awesome. Genie was by far my favorite part of that. What would you say your favorite part was? I would also agree that Genie was my favorite. I also liked how he made jokes like breaking the fourth wall about Cincinnati or certain things of people in the stands or the crowd compared to just watching a play. He interacted with the audience. It was super cool because he had body gestures and he just made so many funny jokes and it was really fun. And the one thing different like from the movie is that he made more Disney jokes of other movies. He talked about Wakanda. He talked about all kinds of other Disney movies that if you're a Disney fan, you knew exactly what the joke was about. Also, he had three best friends that was part of the play, which is not part of the movie. And then a lot of the animals like Raja or Abu, um, Iago, those characters were not there. But Iago was played by somebody, which I thought was another very funny part of it, Jafar's, Jafar and Iago. Which, speaking of with the three best friends, the effects were awesome. I think they did such a good job of the three best friends running in slow motion. I don't know how they did it, but the effects was great. The whole audience was cracking up laughing. And I also love the carpet ride. They did such a good job with the effects. I was really impressed. Something I was impressed by is the costume changes. They were super quick and Honestly, I just forgot that I'm watching a play and not a movie, how insane it was. The next thing we did was we went to the movies to see the new Marvel movie. We are huge Marvel fans, and so seeing the new movie with the three girls in it, the movie was okay. It definitely wasn't my favorite, but I'm glad that they made a movie with it based around three women. So I like that movie as well. I didn't think it was bad, unlike you two. I don't think you guys liked it, or Megan didn't like it. McKinley, maybe you did. But I thought it was a good movie. If you go in with lower expectations, then you're going to be shockingly surprised when you do enjoy it. So I had low expectations going into the movie, and I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, and I think it's a must-see. Definitely a must-see, especially if you're a Marvel fan. I mean, you have to see it. So the next thing we did, Disney, was... We saw The Wish. Yes, we saw The Wish. I hate to say it, but again, I wasn't that impressed. I feel like this should have just been a new release on Disney Plus versus being in the movie theaters. If you can't tell, my mom has high expectations for new Disney movies, so she was not very impressed. But I found this movie super fun, super funny, and I just loved it. I loved all the hidden Easter eggs. I will give them that. Since it is the 100th anniversary, they made sure they threw in multiple different little Easter eggs. Kyle, what do you think about this movie? It was okay. I would say that it wasn't great, but I don't think it was bad either. Uh, It was a good experience to go to the movies and watch it. I do think I almost fell asleep at one point, though, so if that happens, then that kind of tells you all you need to know about the movie. 
And this is not Disney related, but we also went to the movies again. And if you can't tell, we did this over fall break. So we had off days of work and school. So we had plenty of family time, which is our favorite time. And movies is one thing that we love doing as a family. We did go see The Hunger Games, and that was pretty awesome. I absolutely love that movie. So my high expectations, I'd give that one an A+. Out of the three movies that we saw, I think that was my favorite movie as well. What do you think yours was, McKinley? I didn't have a favorite. I just like them all, so yeah. So let's go ahead and jump into the topic of this week's episode. All right, this week we are going to rank attractions again. If you haven't already, you can go back and listen to our family's favorite attractions at Magic Kingdom. But this time we are going to move on to a new park, and that park is going to be Epcot, one of our favorite parks. So since Magic Kingdom had so many attractions, we did a top 10 list, but with Epcot not having as many as Magic Kingdom, we did each did a top five list. And just like before, if you rank something first, then I gave it five points. If you rank something second, four points, third, three points, and so forth. So once I had Megan's, McKinley's, and my list, I took the totals and then gave us a family top five list of Epcot. So Epcot is McKinley's favorite park, so I'm sure this was hard for you to pick your top five. Definitely. Let's start with the honorable mentions. These are ones that somebody ranked, but it wasn't enough to make it into our top five. So there were three attractions tied at seventh on our list, and this was Test Track, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, and Living with the Land. All of them are honorable mentions. What? How is Living with the Land? That is our family top favorite, I thought, at least. Well, you had it ranked fifth on your list, so it can't be top that high. Well, Living with the Land, especially at Christmas time, they put Christmas lights in there, there's hidden Mickeys in there, and you can actually do a behind-the-seeds tour, which is not that much extra money, and you can get a behind-the-seeds tour of how they do everything. The cool thing I like about it is that in the plants that they actually grow is food that you're eating in the parks. I was very shocked as well that Living with the Land didn't make it into our top family list. But when you're only doing five attractions, it's hard. You have to cut some things that you really enjoy. Anything else about the other two that didn't make it into the top five that were honorable mentions? The Sea with Nemo or Test Track? Mm, the Sea with Nemo, I again am surprised. There's just so much you can do with it. When you get off the ride, you're in an aquarium. So you get double dippings. It's a ride and then aquarium afterwards. Actually, there's even more than just an aquarium. There's Turtle Talk with Crush in there. There is a gift shop. And there is so much more. And I'm really surprised it didn't make the list. After a ride, a gift shop? Shocker. All right. So those were our three lowest ranked. Rate, ranked what about Test Track? You're jumping ahead. What about it? Isn't that typically a fan favorite of most people? Um, I don't know. I know old Test Track compared to the new Test Track was pretty high on people's list. But I was the only one who ranked Test Track. I have it as second or fourth, only getting two points total. And I was shocked that neither of you all ranked it. 
I actually forgot about Test Track because that didn't pop up in my Epcot list of rides, which made me kind of mad now, but still. Do you think Test Track would have made your top five? Maybe five, actually, but still. The cool thing about this is especially people with little boys, they love this because you actually get to design your own car and then you test out your car. The reason it's not on my list is because I've done the ride that's similar in Disneyland, but it's cars and there's no comparison. The one in Disneyland cars theme is so much better. It's also a lot smoother. The older I get, I don't like those jerky rides and Test Track is one that really does jerk you. I love the jerks in test track but there's different opinions based on different ages well i think everyone has a different thrill factor so megan loves roller coasters whereas you don't love roller coasters that much but the jerkiness is kind of like your thrill that you like yes i agree all right and then we also have one more attraction that was an honorable mention this was only on one person's list and that was remy's ratatouille adventure came in at number six overall how did you guys not add that to your list? That's one of the newest rides there. I mean, it's a good ride, and I like how, especially in the pantry, there are huge foods everywhere, which makes you really feel like a little rat. But still, I think this ride is pretty short, which was kind of a disappointment since because of all the hype that this ride was giving out. So that's kind of a disappointment. It's still fun, but I don't think it's one of the best rides in Epcot. I agree with that. You do wait in line for a long time because it is one of the newer rides, so it does always have long lines, and the ride is not that long. I do agree. I also agree, so I did not have Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. I just think that it's hard when you're cutting a list down to five things, and you have certain things you really like, certain things that you've always liked, and then a newer ride that wasn't amazing, so it did not crack into my top five. So here comes our family list, our top five at Epcot. Number five is Journey into Imagination with Figment. This is a ride for anybody with any height. And Figment, the purple playful dragon, is your guide on this whimsical tour of the Imagination Institute. Imagination. So what do you think? I, th I was very shocked that this made our family list of top five. I think Figment became more popular when those popcorn buckets came out. Um, the Figment popcorn bucket was a huge hit this year. There's people in line for probably over a mile trying to get these popcorn buckets. And it really brought Figment back to life. Um, the ride is really cool. It's actually an educational ride at the same time. And it does have the catchy tune that will be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. One thing cool this year is, though, you get to actually meet Figment after the ride is over. Yeah, you can actually meet Figment, and it is really cool. We will be doing this definitely in our trip in December, and I'm looking forward to it. But I disagree with you. I think Figment has been alive for a long time now, and I don't think the popcorn bu buckets brought him back. I do think that people that originally went to Epcot, the ride has went through many different variations, so... Some people just love Figment. It's what they think of when they think of Epcot. The meet and greet was six to eight hours the first day that he came out. So it shows how popular Figment is. And if the ride is, or the wait for to meet Figment is the same when we go in December, we will not 
be knowing that, McKinley. One cool fun fact is the main guy, besides Figment in the ride, he's actually never even rode this ride. He really had no idea about this ride, and there is multiple different YouTube videos about how he has no idea what he did or anything, and I would like to see his reaction if he did ride this ride, because if you know what I mean by the moon face, <laughs> it's, it's not... It's not very appealing? Not really. Yeah. So, there was only one of us that ranked that, but it was ranked high on McKinley's list. It was number two ride at Epcot, which did bring it into our top five. That ride had four total points. Next up on our list, number four for our family Epcot list is Soarin'. So, typically this is Soarin' around the world, but right now in Disney World, it is Soarin' over California, which is the original ride. This was number three on my list, number four on McKinley's list, and did not make Megan's list. What do you love about this? I love this ride because I just love all the different scents, and I love how Disney just adds multiple different scents into their ride, and it really feels like you are flying in the sky and going to all sorts of places. Some things I don't like, though, are how some of the things are CGI, and it looks pretty fake, but still, overall, it's a really good ride. I don't really like this ride, too, but I only had to pick five, so that's why it didn't make my list, but this is a really cool ride, and I love smells on rides, and smells on this ride is pretty cool. Kyle, I think this was one of your favorite rides for a while. Yeah, I think it was one of my top epcot rides i don't know if it's one of my favorite rides at walt disney world but definitely at epcot that's all I, you've been talking about looking forward to in december well that's because this will be the first time that we've been able to ride soaring over california which i have heard is much better i have not ridden this ride so i can't wait to do that and people have said it's much better since this is real footage and it is not cgi you know who the people who told you that was I wonder. Yeah, me. This does have a 40-inch height requirement, and I think it's good for everyone and the whole family. It is an exciting ride. My mom rode it with us one time. She gets very motion sickness on rides, and she did say she got a little bit motion sickness on this. So I'm someone who gets motion sickness a lot on rides, and I typically am fine after riding this ride. Number three on our family list this is the first thing that's showing up that was on all three of our list is Frozen Ever After. It was fifth on my list. It was third on McKinley's list and second on Megan's list. So the first one we have all agreed on something. This ride, actually, we have a funny story about. Um, a few years ago, we went and McKinley thought there was a big hill and there is a small drop hill while you're on this boat ride, but it is not bad at all. So we actually made her get on it because we knew it wasn't bad. She was just in her head thinking it was bad. And bad parent moment, but Kyle carried her on it, forced her on it, carrying her on it while she was crying. And then she got off the ride smiling, loved it, and said she wanted to do it again. Parents, do not force your children to ride rides that they dislike. But you love it. It's on your list. Still. So if we didn't do that, it wouldn't be on your list. See, we know what's best for you. 
Some children disagree. <laughs> so what do you love about this ride? I like it because I just love the queue because it looks like you're in a little Arendelle village. And also after your drop, because I'm in to all things miniature, they have a miniature Arendelle castle, which is by far the best part of this because it is so cute and so teeny and they have little light posts and they actually work, which is really cool. And also, you see the big snow giant. What is that called? Marshmallow? Yeah. You see the big marshmallow. You see Elsa in her little ice palace. You see all of your favorite characters like Anna, Kristoff, Olaf, Sven. And it's just a really fun and happy ride. You left off Elsa, the most important one. I already said her. She started with her, I'm pretty sure. When I'm making my list for these, I know that I'm thinking that there are no lines. Frozen is a typical ride that has a lot of long waits. And I don't know if it would be on my top five if you factored in waiting an hour or more to ride this ride. So when I make this list, it's I could walk right on the ride and ride it and then get off. There is no wait times. I don't really factor that into your, my top five. Did you guys factor that into your alls? Not really, um, but still, um, like I said about the Frozen Ever After queue, um, it is really cool and is a fun experience. So even if it is a long line, you still have a super fun queue to walk through. And it's in the air conditioning. Some of it, though. Sometimes when we walk by there, we see people waiting all the way outside, so... Every time we go, we have a good plan, and with using Genie Plus, we really don't wait in line too long for a ride. So, I mean, I didn't factor it in, but I factored in the way that we go to Disney, and we go to Disney smart and do it, in my opinion, the right way, and don't really wait in line. So, to us, that wouldn't really apply. And if you couldn't tell, my mom is all about air conditioning. Yeah, she said that a few times on the last episode. I didn't even know that. Number two on our family list is Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. By far the best ride Disney has ever done. Megan, as you can hear, had this number one on her list, and this was number two on my list. McKinley, not on her list at all. She has wrote it, though. It might be a five for me, if I, it's an honorable mention. Because it's fun, but at the same time, I felt like I was dropping the whole entire time, and I didn't open my eyes. So that's probably else also why it's down farther on my honorable mentions. One of the workers told you, and many people told you there were no drops, and you the first thing you said when you came off is they lied to you. Yes, the people, I was, I was kind of scared, and I said to the cast member, hey, does this ride have drops? Because I'm really, really scared. And she said, no, I rode it before. It's fine. There's nothing. This is really kid-friendly. And all videos said kid-friendly, kid-friendly, no drops. But no, this has drops. It does not have any drops in it. You might feel like it does, but it does not. It definitely has drops. Cast members wouldn't lie to you. There's drops. This is a 42-inch height requirement. And Disney classifies this as a family thrill attraction, features the first ever reverse launch on a Disney coaster, and is one of the largest fully enclosed coasters in the world. And then also the coaster rotates 360 degrees so that you can focus on the action. The family part of the title is not true. 
I love this ride. I'm a huge Guardians of the Galaxy fan. I love all of the movies. I'm a huge Chris Pratt fan. He is by far my favorite actor. So, of course, I was excited to ride this ride. I love everything about it. The queue is awesome. I think the, the queue, I think they do a great job. They also give you, like, a pre-show before you get on the ride, which just adds more to the ride, in my opinion. And there's not a ride that's like that. Like, most roller coasters, I mean, they have different theming and stuff, but they're the same thing. But this ride is just, it's different. The effects are awesome. The way it's so smooth and just everything about it is different. And you get off and you want to ride it again. I actually rode it back-to-back two times on our last trip and we'll definitely be writing this again when we go in December, even if I have to do it by myself. I do think it's cool how they turn the seats so you can see. So it's kind of like a dark ride where there's a show going on, but they turn the seats where you can see the action as the roller coaster is going. This might also trigger some people's motion sickness, so keep that in mind. Top ride left. Anyone have any guesses what it is? Spaceship Earth. Spaceship Earth is the number one attraction on our Epcot family list. So Megan did not have this ranked. McKinley had this first, and I also had this first, which is why it went to first overall. If you don't know what this ride is, as soon as you walk into Epcot, you see the big ball. The ride is actually inside of that ball. I think of it as the golf ball. So why didn't you have this on your list? It's like a super fun time machine and... I love this ride. I do like this ride, but when we go, this is, I mean, as Kyle said, McKinley's number one and Kyle's number one. So we ride it multiple times. It is a long ride. It's very educational. There's a lot in it and you really don't wait too long to get on the ride. But because we ride it so many times because it's your guys' favorite, it just didn't make my list. How do you have living with the land but not spaceship Earth? We haven't rode Living with the Land nearly as many times as we've rode Spaceship Earth. We should have, though. But also, with this ride, you can design your future. At the end of this ride, you well, it's still the ride, but you see all like kinds of lights and things, and you design your future, and you will see a little video at the very end. And I think this helps the ride a lot in popularity, and it's one of the best things about this ride. This is another ride that is any height, so no height requirement. My favorite thing is just the history throughout. So it shows the history of communication from the Stone Age to the Computer Age. And I just like going through the ride and feeling like you're going through history. So you see woolly mammoths at first, you see cave drawings, and then they start telling you how communication progressed and you see a boy with that selling paper. I know that's your favorite. We don't know if he has a face or not. I just I just like how it shows the progression of time. What you mean we don't know if he has a face or not is because it's the backside of a boy. There's multiple different rumors about this. Maybe his face somehow got damaged while moving this animatronic. But basically, if you think about it, he's just screaming at a wall. Like, the wall's not going to buy your papers. I'm sorry. One thing about this ride, when you do go in and you're under the ball, you see it's kind of up a ramp you have to go. So this can be intimidating for people who's in wheelchairs. Um, We did find out with our last trip, actually my grandma was with us and she had a scooter. that If you tell a cast member, you actually get in a back entrance. So don't ever let 
the way a line looks or a cue look if you feel like you can't fit or you can't do it. Don't ever let that intimidate you. Cast members are aware that this happens and it does happen often. So there's always a plan B or a back door to get you on these rides. So that was our top five list for our family. We had first place Spaceship Earth, second place Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, third place Frozen Ever After, fourth place Soarin', around the world typically, but over California currently, and fifth place Journey into Imagination with Figment. I think that it is pretty correct based off of our family, and I think it fits our family perfect. All right, I agree. I think it's a pretty good list. There was two attractions at Epcot that I struggled with leaving off my list, and Living with the Land was one of them, and then the Grand Fiesta Tour was the other one with the three caballeros. Caballeros. <laughs> this ride is actually, I mean, there's not. it's a little boat ride, and you go into the Mexican Pavilion area, and it's actually in there. So a lot of people miss this because they think it's just a restaurant and gift shop because it's like tucked in behind but there's nothing thrilling about the ride but for some reason every time we go on our way out we have to stop and get on it especially by the end of the night there's not a line whatsoever you almost walk right on it and it's a good way to get off your feet and in your night in Epcot. Also this was going to be a honorable mention for me that I forgot to mention and this ride when you were on the boat you it smells so good. It's so weird, but the water smells good. And then at the end, you have your three caballeros or whatever they're called um, at the ride, and they're super cool animatronics. Right. I agree. This show is not, or this this ride is not anything special. There's some screens, but it's just a relaxing boat ride that we all seem to like. And the best part I think about it is that it's always under five minute wait, which means you can pretty much always just walk on this ride. One thing I do wanna to mention too is to look at the ball at nighttime. They do so many different cool lights and you can see the monorail lit up. There's just so much to see at Epcot and they have food from all around the world and drinks from all around the world. It's a really different experience from all the other parks. Epcot also offers many other fun activities. These include festivals. The festivals are the Festival of Arts, Flower and Garden Festival, the Food and Wine Festival, and the Festival of the Holidays. I have been able to, well, us as a family have been able to go to two of these festivals, which were the Flower and Garden Festival, which dates reach from March 1st to July 5th, and the Food and Wine Festival, which dates which dates go through July 27th to November 18th. We also went to Festival of the Holidays pretty often. We've been there multiple times during Christmas time. The only other time, the only one that we haven't been to is Festival of the Arts. What are those dates? That's probably why we don't go in those times. The dates for the Festival of the Arts is towards the beginning of the year, which is probably why. The dates were January 12th to February 19th. Those make it harder to travel because Kyle's a teacher and McKinley's in school, so they don't have the flexibility to go during those times. So that's probably why we didn't make it. All right. Well, thank you guys for having me on to do another rankings episode. I'm looking forward already to our next park. This next park will be Hollywood Studios. All right. That's which one we're going to do, Hollywood Studios? Yep. So stay tuned. Bye. Bye.